Hey, it's Brian. If you'd love to work in the sport industry, you're more than just a fan. In just 12 months, earn the degree that will bring you closer to your dream job, a master's degree in sport business at Newman University. You'll learn sport marketing, event management, social media communication, and so much more. Whether you've just graduated or been in the workforce for years, Newman's master's degree in sport business can teach you the skills that are in demand. I'm a big fan of this program. I've met many of the professors and students. I've spoken on panels there and loved the experience. They do an amazing job at Newman. They know what matters in the sport industry, and they are ready to teach it to you. So check them out today. Visit newman.edu slash sportbusiness. Two things. Newman is N-E-U-M-A-N-N. So it's newman, N-E-U-M-A-N-N, dot E-D-U slash business. Notice, not sports business, sport business. All right, let's start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. Daylight Savings. Daylight Savings and I have a love-hate relationship. I love the fact that last night it was light out at 7.15. I hate the fact my kid's sleep schedule was a mess. Today is the Monday after March Madness and the brackets came out, and it's also Free Agent Frenzy Day, so there's nothing more important than having notifications set up on your phone for Adam Schefter. I think I muted my phone, but if it beeps, that generally means something cool has happened and I'll be dying the entire time to reach over and look, but I'm not going to because I'm focused on you. Okay. Anyone who's impaired knows this dilemma of uh, daylight savings time. And so uh, it takes a week for your kids to normalize the change and it ends up being a very painful week. Not something I look forward to do. Uh, Consider yourself forewarned for all you youngsters out there. This is old people dilemmas. This is old people problems here. Uh, let's move ahead, though. We'll get past that. If you missed it, last week's podcast episode with Allison Bickford from the Seattle Kraken was a big hit. The people have spoken. They love the Seattle Kraken. Allison told me she's going to mail me a T-shirt. I'm very excited. Uh, lots of great career insights. So much fun to check that out. Uh, I also come asking all of you a favor. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I made it my goal to be super aggressive in video in 2021. So if you're watching, and I know you are on YouTube, I hope that you will uh, check it out, subscribe to the channel. My bosses will think that all this effort that I'm putting in front of the camera will be worth it. Uh, so I like doing stuff in front of the camera. I always have. And now I need to make my bosses see that it's valuable. So if all you guys could subscribe, that would be great. Thank you. That's the point where I'm supposed to say, hey, smash the subscribe button and don't forget to hit the bell so you, you're notified when new videos are posted. They're kind of joking here on the YouTube techniques that are popular, but you get the idea. I uh, would love to have you watching and listening, so smash that subscribe button. Okay, let's get to the stat line. Three data points that will help you keep up to date with the latest employment numbers for the sports industry. As provided by WorkInSports.com, the leading job board for the sports industry for a really long time. Stat number one. 22,025 active sports jobs on WorkInSports.com. Uh, that is pretty much flat week over week. We've had nine, ten, sorry, ten straight weeks of increases since the beginning of the year. 
Things go down in December. Things go down in coronavirus. January, we see that uptick start. For 10 straight weeks, we've seen an uptick. This week was pretty much flat. We're almost exactly the same as we were the previous week. That doesn't mean there's no new jobs added. There's lots of new jobs added, which will be stat number two. It just means that there were some that dropped off and some that came on and those things kind of meted themselves out. There wasn't a surplus in jobs added, which brings us to stat number two. 3,023. That's how many jobs we've added in the last week. Lots of activity in different sectors of the industry. We're seeing lots of new stuff come in. It's all good news, which brings us to stat number three, 435. That's how many fresh new jobs were added every day of the week last week. We will continue to trend that direction, if not higher. So there's reason to come back every week, every day, every, every day and check and see what's new out there. Seriously, no amount of work that you could do would replicate the discovery process we go through each day of the week. Seriously, you you cannot replicate finding 3,023 jobs in the last week. You just physically can't do it. You could set up Google alerts. You could do all these different kind of things. You could go through bookmarks and you could have everything listed out. You're not going to know everything that's out there. And that's why our site provides such a huge value. That's a, one of our huge value propositions for being a WorkInSports.com premium member. We do the work for you. You get to be more efficient doing what you do and increasing your skills and doing all those other things that are important to getting hired. We find all the jobs, put them in front of you, and you're going to discover things you never even considered before, which we will talk about in the second part. Three cool jobs I found over the past week. No laundry service included in any of these jobs. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll have to go back and listen to last week's episode where there was a job that I recommended that included laundry service. And that made me kind of happy. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. Job number one. Pixelot is hiring both an account executive and a growth marketing manager. Now, if you asked me this morning prior to writing this up, what is Pixelot and what do they do? I'd have no idea. Just being completely transparent. There's no way I can know every business connected to the sports industry. I know a lot. I didn't know this one. Now, after five minutes of research, I'm a Pixelot guy. I want a t-shirt. I want to wear it on the show. I want them to sponsor this show because what they're doing is really cool. Pixelot is an automated video and data solution for sports in layman's terms, because that's the only way I can understand things. Uh, they are a tech company and they've created a system that allows for cost effective live video production of sports events. So they're really, really targeting the high school market right now and in getting into the college market. They're expanding that direction. So essentially, you can buy their product, set up live streaming cameras with ease and have one person be able to manage that entire workflow rather than multiple cameras, multiple everything, lots of tons of equipment. They've streamlined this process. The really cool extra layer, not only is the quality really good because I was looking at some of it today and you see a lot of crappy cameras. Uh, that's a, probably a word I'm not supposed to say, but you see some bad cameras out there. Their quality is HD and really, really good, really crystal clear. Um, but what's really cool is that there's a data and analytics component to it too. So the video is not only created and live streamed for your audience's pleasure, the content is also broken down and available for coaches to analyze and use, for players to see and scout, and to really bring it next level. So it's like this all-encompassing video platform that high schools and uh, colleges can adopt and bring into their system. I'm in. Sign me up. This company will be huge. I'm impressed. So get on board as an account executive or growth marketing manager. They're an Israeli company. They were really big there. They are moving to the United States. They have offices in Durham, North Carolina. But I, I think, and I might be wrong, you have to check this, but I think both these roles can be remote, which is nice. 
So you can do it from your basement like I'm doing this right now. Okay, side note. This is again why I love working sports. Yes, biased. I get it. But for real, jobs in sports, and you need to get this in your head, jobs in sports are not just with teams. They're not just with minor league teams or pro teams. There are all kinds of companies out there connected to the industry, and you would never have even heard of this one if not for our site and not for our hard work. When you're a premium member, you'll find thousands of pixel art style opportunities you wouldn't have known about, right? I mean, how can you apply for a job if you don't know that it exists? If you don't know the company exists, I mean, how are you going to even know to look for their job board? Okay, job number two, Team Liquid is hiring a copywriter, eSports. Lots of opportunities here. And it's not just in the programming, live programming or live streaming on Twitch. It's not just in the engineering side. It's not just in the computer science side. There's a lot of cool opportunities in eSports. Again, we talk a lot of times about how sports is an industry. It's not a business. Like it's, I'm sorry, sports is an industry. It's not a job. So it's not like I want to work in sports. It's like, no, you're going to have a, a job that is connected to the sports industry. And that could be operations and marketing and whatever else, right? Same thing with esports. There's a lot of different types of jobs underneath the concept of esports. This is one. Team Liquid content informs a huge community, keeping the org elevated in their hearts and minds. We need a copywriter with a few years of experience in marketing in any industry and has the range to show for it. Join the writing department as we expand the pages of storytelling available to us. If you're really into Valorant, CSGO, Fortnite, SC2, basically games, any teams, any basically games our teams play, tell us about it. Now, I may have just come off really dumb because those might be said in a different way than I said them. I said Valorant, I said CSGO, Fortnite, and SC2. That might not be how they're phrased. I don't know these games. I'm sorry, I don't. But I do think esports is pretty cool. So I want you to know these games. I want you to apply for this job. Job number three, Minnesota Vikings Video Operations Associate. I want to balance this out, not just have a company nobody's heard of, not just have an esports company that has a copywriter job, but to get to like the hardcore pro sports stuff too, because it's all a lot of us kind of aim for and are really intrigued by. Close to my heart for sure. Big time opportunity with a pro team to dive into video production and on the coaching film and analysis side. So this is not as much of a content, social media, creative kind of role. This is all aspects, assists on all aspects of football video operations, including camera operation during practice and games, editing and audiovisual setup. You'll assist in providing the coaches and players with video for analysis and scouting. This is not a broadcast production video position. We're seeking an ambitious team player who is eager to learn. If you are eager to learn, and I'm thinking you are, this is a pretty sweet gig. And that is the stat line. Okay. Music, go. Let's get into today's question. I'm going to read this now. Hi, Brian. My name is Joanna, and I am a college freshman who was introduced to your podcast this year by one of my professors. That's awesome, Joanna. I love it. I have learned so much. Funny story. I swear my professor takes your ideas and talks about them in the classroom like they are his. I think he forgets that he told us all to subscribe and listen to your show. <laughs> that is kind of funny, Joanna. I enjoyed that. I do have a question, though, and I hope you can get to it. As I mentioned, I'm a freshman, and since I am paying for my college, I want to make sure I get the most out of this experience. If you were going to set a strategy for a freshman in college to make sure they get the most out of their college experience and really, 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 yes, there were three reallys in her email, make the most out of their four years, what would you advise I focus on? Joanna? This is a big question, but you're in luck because I love big questions. I have five big concepts, so let's get into them. Number one, 
During your freshman year, start to narrow down your main focuses and interests. As I was starting to say earlier, just saying you want to work in sports is not specific enough and doesn't set you up for success. You need to start right now understanding what real options are out there and the demands of these roles. You need to educate yourself in a specific and actionable way. The choices you make as an athletic trainer versus a sports marketer will be incredibly different. And if you don't know that yet, you have to start to figure that out. The earlier you can figure out what interests you and what direction you want to head, every decision you make afterwards will start to make more sense and fit in strategically. I don't want you to just go through the motions without thinking bigger about where you want to end up. If you go into college and just say, these are my required classes, I have to do these things, I have to do these things to graduate. I have to do internships to graduate and then I'll be done. That's not going to be specific enough for our industry. You need to start understanding where your fit will be. I did not turn off my notifications. You may have just heard that. And I wonder if that was Adam Schefter. I wonder what the Patriots have done now. I just finished learning that they signed John U. Smith and that made me happy. Okay. Getting off track. Um, so, I want you to start to think about what you want so that you can make smart choices based on where you want to end up. If you And I know this sounds kind of cheesy and I'm not big into cheesy sayings, but if you don't know what your goal is, you have no chance at hitting the target. Like if you don't have a target, you can't hit it. So you have to have a target and say to yourself, okay, I've put some work in, I've researched different jobs, I've looked at different types of opportunities in the sports industry, and sports marketing just sounds so cool to me. Awesome. That's progress. Now every decision you start to make afterwards will make more sense. So start getting that now. What I would try to give you is a timeline is that ideally by the end of your sophomore year, you'll be able to say, okay, I want to work in sports marketing or sports operations or sports technology or become a sports agent. You'll have something, right? You'll have something more specific by the end of your sophomore year. So right now you're research mode, you're exploring, you're discovering, you're checking things out, right? So start researching, understanding what's out there, see what interests you. By the time you hit junior year, you want to be choosing internships that match your goals. You want to be choosing specific classes that fit the skill profile for what is demanded of these roles and who you want to be. You want to start being strategic about what additional skills you learn and what other optional courses you can take, electives that fit into that profile of where you want to end up. So like you might see... Again, I use Photoshop as an example a lot because it's easy, but Adobe Premiere Pro is one of, oh, there it goes again. Now it's Ian Rappaport tweeting about significant news. I have to shut off my phone before I start recording. Um, but now I'm going to be thinking about what that significant news could be. Darn it. Anyway, okay. I'm focused on you. Uh, so goal, researching by in freshman year right? Really trying to understand things. Clarity by the end of sophomore year, really trying to know what feels right to you. Actions taken by junior year, okay? So internship choices and more that start to fit in with that bigger plan you have for yourself. Okay. Number two, make a plan for experience. What I mean is, again, this is contingent upon knowing what you want to pursue. So you start there. Everything's building upon itself. But really, Joanna, if you look at your resume right now, it's probably pretty light, you can't go out and apply for jobs even if you wanted to because you don't have any real experience. I know my freshman year of college, my resume would have said golf caddy, which means I'm qualified to be a golf caddy. And that's not going to help me very much. So your goal is to gain experiences that fill up that resume and match the demands of your chosen path. You should have a mix of internship experiences, skills you have mastered, clubs you are part of, volunteer opportunities, and more. Have it in your mind. 
that the activities you choose to do are going to be represented on your resume. They're going to have enough meat on the bone and enough importance to who you want to be that they're going to fit with that profile. They're going to fill in some of those gaps on your resume. Now, that's not saying you can't be on the club ultimate Frisbee team and have some fun. Of course, you need to do that kind of thing. But the majority of your activities need to be focused on your ultimate goal, which is turning your college experience being an, into being an awesome job candidate by the time you graduate, right? Gaining that experience. So have a plan and go about that. Number three, network like a boss. Like seriously, set a goal for yourself to connect with people in your chosen industry. And I don't mean just the sports industry. I mean specifically to the vertical that you've kind of chosen. Sports sales, sports marketing, sports operations, whatever it is, okay? Notice everything I'm saying here builds off of knowing who you want to be, which was that first tip. It doesn't make a ton of sense to spend a lot of time and effort networking with the athletic department at your school's director of player development if that's not somewhere you're really interested in going. Yes, it may help. They may know people. They may be able to connect you. It may be a good way to learn things. I'm not saying don't do that kind of thing, but don't do it instead of networking with people in your lane. So target the right people. Find people doing entry-level versions of the roles that interest you. You want to work in sports operations? Reach out to people working as an operations coordinator in the minor leagues or in pro sports or in college sports. Start locally. Look at those teams around you. Network with them, right? Start there. Start a dialogue. Ask awful questions. Interact. Find out how they got their first job. Work at it. Networking is not just add water. Number four, make educated decisions about your activities. This is something I talk about all the time. And I'm not going to go into it in great depth because it's something I talk about so much, but I'm going to give you the highlight, okay? You've determined in step one what kind of interests you, and that may change, and that may pivot. I get that. But what you need to do next after you figure out what interests you and you start building up your experience and you start doing uh, building your network, you need to really identify those skills that are in demand for the market you've chosen to get into. Again, I hammer this all the time because not enough people do it. But if you look at job descriptions, they will literally tell you exactly the skills they want of somebody they're going to hire to do this role. If you've determined you want to work in sports marketing, go look at 10 different marketing coordinator jobs across pro teams, minor league teams, agencies, whatever, advertising firms, all of it. Look at marketing coordinator roles. Read through and understand what skills that they're saying they want. When we hire this person, we want them to have these 10 skills. You put together a game plan of acquiring those skills. Those are the things you need to do while you're in college. Learn those skills. YouTube videos, taking classes, whatever you have to do in order to learn it and to be able to exemplify it. During your internships, make strategic choices that will let you learn some of these things. Emphasize your intern coordinator. If there's an opportunity, I'd really love to learn how to use Microsoft Dynamics because I saw this as being an important part of the marketing industry. Whatever it is, make sure you put the effort into learning those skills that match where you want to end up being intentional about your choices, looking at every opportunity and every choice as a building block towards where you want to eventually end up. That will put you ahead of 95% of the people out there. I am serious. I'm not even joking. Number five. <laughs> you see that? If you're on the YouTube channel, you just saw me kind of do a four or five. Number 45. Okay. Five, work on your soft skills and how to leverage them. So many people in hiring say that they are looking for soft skills even more than hard skills. Now, I don't fully think they're being 100% honest when they say that. I think from experience, the only way you get noticed for jobs is if you have and meet the minimum requirements first. You have the skills. 
And then soft skills come into play in the final hiring decisions. Like they're judging you versus this person. And I, I think this person has more leadership skills or whatever. Um, but, but I digress. Quick definition. Hard skills. I know Photoshop. Soft skills. I have great work ethic, passion, and I'm a leader. See the difference, right? Hard skills, I can do this thing. Soft skills is more personality based. Okay. So headline after all of that digression is that soft skills are important, right? They can be a final deciding tool. So how do you develop them? They work in conjunction with experience. You only learn work ethic and passion and leadership by being in a position to experience those things, to learn from others, to see how other leaders act, to incorporate some of those things. So put yourself in those positions. Look for leadership roles. Maybe you learn by failing some. That's okay too. That is actually a good thing. You will learn by failing. Prove yourself on an internship by putting an extra effort. Just saying you work hard isn't going to move the needle. Having an example showing a time that you worked hard is more effective. Just saying you're good at problem solving isn't as powerful as having an example of a time you're going to miss a deadline due to a technical failure but figured out a workaround under pressure. Saying you are good at time management is not as powerful as saying being a student athlete and sharing how you kept good grades despite training and traveling and playing and practice and schedules and all that other good stuff. Experiences lead to skilled soft skill development and give you a story to tell, which makes you more powerful in number six, practice interviewing, practice interviewing. You can do everything right. You can gain the right experience. You can build a great network. You can have a great resume. Cover letter looks perfect. Your personal brand is on point. You can have incredible soft skills. But if you get in front of people, video, phone, face-to-face, -face, and you can't interview well, you will not get the job. Interviewing is that final threshold you have to be able to cross over. And the only way you get good at it is by doing it often, practicing, or like just getting out there and being out there. Um, practice phone call and video interviews. Work on your eye contact. Like if you're on a video interview, you're looking at the camera lens, not at your screen. You're looking at the camera lens, not at yourself. There is a difference there. You're making eye contact. You guys watching on our YouTube channel right now feel like I am looking at you because I'm looking at my camera, not at my screen, right? Doesn't it feel like we're connecting? Hi. Okay. So work on eye contact. Research commonly asked questions. Impress yourself on how you would handle them. Practice reciting some of your stories and exampling how your work ethic came through in your various experiences. Most of all, and this is incredibly important, be authentic. Don't try to be a second-rate version of who you think the interviewer wants you to be. Be you. You are the person they want to know better, not who you think they want you to be. Yeah, I think I got that out right. So those are six tips that if, if Joanna, if you're in college and you're a freshman and you start to look at these things, we framed your mind around this conversation to say these are the things I need to focus on. If you do these things, you will be in incredible, incredible position. So focus here. Try to get those things moving in the right direction, and I think you'll be in a really, really good spot by the time you get to the end of your journey. Coming up Wednesday, Fawn Germer. She is an employment expert who has been nominated for the Pulitzer Prize four times. That is boss-level stuff. Like, I've never done that. <laughs> She's also written nine books, including the Oprah Winfrey recommended Hard Won Wisdom, her latest book is coming back, How to Win the Job You Want When You've Lost the Job You Need. Cool lady. 
I know you like our conversation. And part of this is my reaching out to say, I don't want to just have sports people. Sometimes we need an outside perspective. And so I'm bringing in Fawn to discuss a broader perspective on hiring and the current status of the employment market. And she has a lot of good, really good, actionable tips and advice. So side note, she also swears a lot in our conversation, which I was kind of into. I'm not going to lie. So I'll see you on Wednesday for that. Let's get to it, everybody. All right. (laughs) 